Hey everyone, today is Tuesday, the 14th of February 2017. This is The Gap, episode 357. I'm Luke Laurie, and joining me as always, Joe Goroy is here tonight. Yep. <laughs> yep. What are you doing? What are you up to? How's your week going? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty good, actually. Pretty good. You know, doing stuff, doing work. Uh, yeah, struggling. We've got this rule, doing a story for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. We've got this rule that um, it's not my rule, certainly, but uh, it's a site-wide rule that titles must be 50 characters long. And uh, there are video games that are fucking 50 characters long. Um, so that is basically my nightmare. Nightmare. Like, I'll bust out a thousand words without even thinking about it. And then I will sit there for two and a half hours trying to get a fucking title that makes any kind of sense fit inside of 50 fucking characters. Hmm. Why worst. is that? Is that is that so it can fit inside of, like, Twitter stuff? or I don't know. I don't know the answer. They don't tell me the answer. I just have <laughs> to fucking put up with it. The restrictions. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> listen, yeah. it's got a, your, your title needs to be 50 characters minimum and it also needs to be haiku. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it has to like include the full name of the game and all this other shit. You're like, well, the game is called Hyperdimension Neptune Hour Project Runway the 7th. Uh, that is actually 51 characters. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. Well, the rules are clear. Mm. Okay. Write it out. Okay. But that's not yep. good. So just, I just don't write about it then. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's worse with like fucking esports because like you're trying to talk about the fucking competition, but like in Australia. So I'm talking, I'm trying to write about the FIFA 17 FIFA ultimate team, Regional Championships in Sydney, the Sydney Regional Championships. So FIFA 17, FIFA Ultimate Team uh, Regional Championships, Sydney. Report. (laughs) Like colon report. Uh, That's 52 characters. Sorry. Sorry about that. Try again. Uh, yeah, and it's, it keeps like it happens with all of them. The Smite World Championships. Uh, okay, cool. Australian team at the Smite. Nope. Australian is like four thousand characters. So start it's like again. Half of it. Half your fucking quota's gone on Australia. O Z team. Yep, that'll do. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and then that ends up reading like a thirteen-year-old wrote the title. Yeah, <laughs> with emojis. Maybe that's what you should do. Emojis in your title. That's genius. They they would love it. I think they'd actually love it. Well, they've got like a fucking... We've got like... I don't know if anyone actually went and checked it out, but we've got a new, the new site. And uh, they've got these, uh, these new categories, and one of them actually is a emoji. Yeah. Like a, ca- a category that is a, an emoji. It's a fucking winky face. Cool. Uh, that's a category that things can fit under. I don't write things that fit under there, but uh, people do. It happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cool. That's my hell. Anyway, uh, trying to fit fucking 40 billion words into 50 characters. 
and like that's all I need to do. That and write captions for pictures. Yep. Hate it. My least favorite part of the job, apart from titles in fifty characters. Is there a is- requirement for the images, or is it like you can do whatever uh, you want? Or uh. I think there's a 50 character requirement for the images as well, but that's okay. That doesn't matter because like, it's not like I've got to fit like the title of the game in there or anything. I just write whatever the fuck is happening on in the picture. Yeah. But I still hate it. It's still like, I don't know, I feel just creatively bankrupt trying to write a caption for a fucking picture where like two dudes are playing Street Fighter. I'll be like, two dudes are playing Street Fighter. Do it. Just do like that. Dunzo. No, that is literally what I do for every fucking story that I write. It is like uh, such and such went to the fucking the championships. Uh, okay, cool. That tells me nothing. I'm there not is like, a man no kicking puns. a soccer ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, in the Mind Freak story that I did, uh, right. Rainbow Six Siege. Oh my god, this this is terrible even for me. I think I might have been on my way out of the door. Rainbow Six Siege is a battle for information. <laughs> the Aussies were picked up by Mind Freak. And the top one doesn't even have a fucking caption. I thought I had to write a caption for it. That makes me even sadder. Mm. Fuck. Anyway. Maybe they saw it and they deleted it because they're like, what is this? This reads like a PR, <laughs> PR letter or something. I don't know. It- could have happened. Mm. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's just just awful. Like genuinely terrible captions on just the worst of captions. Anyway, uh, so that's what's going on. Thanks for asking. Good yeah. questions. Yeah, good questions. Yeah, glad. glad uh, you asked that question. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, all right, we're done. That's good. That's episode. it. That's the end of the end of the yep. <laughs> another classic. Another instant classic. Yeah. It's actually, uh, we got a busy show, right? Busy show, Joe. Isn't that the things people say on Is TV it? when they've got a, a every every night, like your late night TV? They're always like, oh, it's such a big show tonight. Huge show. I haven't watched TV in, I don't know, a Can't decade? Remember. Yeah. Do you know what a TV looks like? I know what a TV, yeah, it's what I play console games on. Um, no, I, like, uh, I've never heard that phrase come from anyone off my constant reruns of the simpsons yeah okay so yeah i got no idea what you're talking about but i will tell you that does remind me of something uh i like my uh wife's uh mum and stepdad came down to visit and uh they came over and we cooked them dinner mm-hmm. and uh her stepdad wanted to watch the big bashley cricket Yep. Uh, with the try lines and stuff. And uh, and he was like, oh, can you chuck it on, Joe? But I'm like, oh, no, we don't have an aerial plugged into the television. And he took that to mean that we, like, our television didn't work and we weren't capable of watching television. Yep. Uh, and, like, you know, obviously it's a fucking... So, I don't know. Like, did he think that we just had a 55-inch art installation <laughs> yeah uh i don't yeah but he was like oh that that's too bad mate yeah things will pick up and then for the rest of the night he was talking about how things would be going better for me soon like this is legit <laughs> he legit thought i was like oh yeah down in the dumps oh can't even watch can't even watch television can't watch cricket uh and by like by the end of the night i was like fucking 
justifying this shit. I'm like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll uh, I'll just fix it so we can st- we'll stream it. It'll be fine. We'll stream it. And so I set it up to stream over the internet onto the TV just just to show them that the TV works. Like it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. <laughs> but I still did this just to show him that the TV worked. And as a matter of fact, it's a pretty good TV. But uh, yeah, I think the damage was done because the next time we saw each other, he was like, "Yeah, things will pick up soon, Job." Like, yeah, things are fine, mate. Okay, I'm making fucking mad ducats on Patreon. Okay, like <laughs> you don't even know. But uh, yeah, the damage had been done. So anyway, yeah, there you go. You just didn't turn the TV on and put it on like just a random image. Ah, could you just put like a screenshot of cricket up. Yeah, and just been like, oh, it's test crickets on. Yeah, and he wouldn't have known because it'd just be still. Yeah. That's the joke you were going for, isn't it? Yeah. And I have explained it. That's good. Um, cool. Anyway. Nice. That was cricket. That was um, we almost had a segue into the FIFA Ultimate Team. I fucked it. Yeah, you did. You fucking blew yeah. it out. Do you have a cricket game we can talk about? Uh, no. That, that was last week. That was last week. <laughs> Shit. I, I don't play that game anymore. Yeah. Um, let's let's wrap back. Let's just awkwardly segue into it. Back to... Back to... Big Bash? Uh, no, fucking FIFA Ultimate Team Regional Sydney. We can just talk about Big Bash again, and then I'll delete uh, part of that episode somehow. Everybody has to hand in their podcast back to us. Right. And, uh, and I'll distribute out a new one. In the future, hmm. rare... Rare apps of the podcast will be traded like currency. Yes. Uh, they were like, have you got episode 13 where Joe and Luke try to work out the best way to fuck aliens? Yeah, I don't even have that one, I don't think. I don't think I do either. <laughs> um, Someone yeah. out there, I don't. They got it. Someone's got it. Probably. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, FIFA. Yeah, I went to, uh, went to the ABC on... Okay. Saturday. Yep. On a Saturday. On a Saturday. I was wow. working on Saturday. That is crazy. And it wasn't just any Saturday. It was a fucking 40 degree Saturday. Mm. Uh, but this, these are the lengths that I go to to earn all the small bucks. That's why I earn the small bucks, yeah. as they say. You got to fix your TV. <laughs> got to fix my TV somehow. Like, I got to get the money to buy the aerial and then. Like, it would literally be a fucking $2 job at J-Car. Like, just roll on down and get an air. I just, I haven't done it, like, out of, like, a pointless protest. It's like how when John Wick 2 does come out on April 20th, I am not going to go see it in an Australian cinema. And it's not going to affect the bottom line of those fuckwits who decided to delay it by fucking three months anyway, or two months or whatever the fuck, right? It's not gonna. Del- it's not gonna affect them at all. But I'm gonna do it, just f- the fucking principle, and that's why I don't install an aerial. Uh, so I went to the ABC, and uh, it, was, it was hot. Like, let me tell you, it was it was hot out. I know, it was hot, and uh, got inside. Unbelievably cool. Much cooler. Uh, got through significant amounts of security, like surprising amounts of security into uh, one of their giant studios. And uh, within uh, was the FIFA Ultimate Team Regionals being streamed live with like three commentators and 
I think maybe 36 or 40 consoles. Yep. All being played and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, um, just sort of watched a bunch of FIFA, watched them play. FIFA Ultimate Team as a competitive game is, is pretty interesting. Uh, we st- like, I was struggling to work out the rules, and I couldn't really hear the commentary, so I didn't really pick it all up. Uh, but, like, the way it specifically, like, when you're at the championships, it's not the same as what you're playing on your way through to qualify for the championships. It's like a, a bit of a different game because FIFA Ultimate Team is the card game version of FIFA where you earn like super players and shit, like Hearthstone style, you earn your fucking legendaries or whatever and you put them on your team and then you play. Uh, so you use that to qualify for the, like the regionals and then once you're qualified, you go to the actual events and there all of the like consoles there are all uh they have like literally every card available to them okay uh what i'm pretty sure was happening though the trick was that uh they had to create a team using like points like it's like warhammer or some shit like they had yeah like 700 points to make a team Uh uh-huh and the points were the overall ratings of the players. So they could only have, like, with 700 points, you could only have, like, a, a couple of 90 rated players. Yep. And so you'd have to construct... I don't, 700 is a number I pull down my fucking bottles, right? Like, don't hold me to it. But uh, what they were doing was they were, like, they would have, like, three top-notch, like, Messi, Ronaldo, and, uh, like, one other like 90 rated player and then the rest of their team would be like 80 somethings and then on their bench would be literally just all fucking 50s like they just or maybe 95 percent 50 rated players and one spectacular player that they might like pull out as a pocket player to like if the left hand side of of their like left hand d of their opponent was like ragged they'd sub in this other player and he'd have like stamina for days and be able to outpace the defenders and go on for some cheeky goals and so that that was uh that was an interesting like it was certainly very interesting um way for them to handle that sort of i don't know i think the problem like going in my my key question was how the fuck do you make a game where you can have like where one person might be able to buy the, their way to the best fucking players. How do you make that fair? Mm-hmm. But invariably, the like the players that made it all the way through were actually very good. Like the uh, I went up interviewing like former uh, FIFA Interactive World Cup champion uh, from uh, the Middle East. I can't remember what which country in the middle east i want to say uh united arab emirates but i don't want to be wrong you know um <laughs> so yeah uh anyway so that that was a 
you know, they were actually really good. He didn't even fucking win in the end. He got beaten. Um, but, yeah, the Australian players were, like, I recognized a bunch of them from other FIFA tournaments that I've been to and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, the players wound up at the t- like the players at the top wound up actually being good. They didn't just buy their way there. And uh, the there was, like, a shitload of strategy going on. Um, and, yeah, a lot of it, like... A lot of it just went up being like really good football, really good ball ball control and like knowledge of like defender matchups and stuff like that, which allowed the better players to out like outpace or outplay their the opponents and go through for the the win, which was I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, it wound up being like super super watchable in my opinion um the only problem that i had was that they were trying to showcase i think about like 16 games they had 16 games going all at once and they were trying to showcase them all yeah and so they'd switch between and there were a couple of times uh, i don't think the production staff were necessarily off like off the ball it's just that there were a couple of times when like four people would score all at once hmm. and you'd hear in the studio you'd hear the like cheers go up from four different people and you just knew there was no way that they could show all of those goals so they'd have to then like try to show like they'd show the actual goal of one person and then the uh, first replay of another and then the second replay of the third and then the third replay of the fourth and like mm, yeah yeah it just wound up like that was an odd an odd situation I think uh, it's just not a good way of presenting it right you, you want to see you, you basically want to watch an entire match or at least a decent amount of entire match and I think by having something like seating in there or um, uh, like a, some sort of ranking system of like gathering what games might actually be good games as opposed to just switching between a whole like 16 of them all at the same time um yeah it just seems like it could be done or executed a bit better i no, i i definitely agree like by the time they got to the finals it wasn't that big a problem but yeah like early on they're trying to show yeah as much as they can and yeah like it's it's i think it's a bit of a catch-22 i mean either they spend 14 hours like showcasing fucking football uh, fifa games or they like try to squash them all in together and deal with the fact that it's maybe a little bit unwatchable for a little while and uh yeah i guess they went with option two but uh yeah by the end it wound up being like quite watchable because the the players that were battling were spectacular like really good and uh yeah like i like australia fits inside the um rest of the world region which shares alongside the Middle East and uh, Asia, uh, like Southeast Asia. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, it was actually very fucking competitive. The, the, the Middle East has like a number of really fucking good players and, uh, and Australia has a bunch of quite good players as well. And I think that the really good thing is like, we're, we're actually like luck- lucky for once, uh, because I think if the best players of FIFA were all in Europe uh, or America, which is how it works with a lot of other esports, uh, then Australia would once again sort of get relegated to this uh, this unit of uh, second tier competitive 
uh, play where the only people like the people they always play wind up being uh, like around their level already. But by being lumped in with the Middle East, which is full of like repeated international World Cup champions or runners up, um, like the level of play for Australians, like just has nowhere to go but up. So I think most of the people who made the like finals, uh, I think all of the people who made the finals automatically qualified to go to Singapore uh, for another shot at going like at qualifying for Worlds. So yeah. uh, the winner of the regional championships, he's going to Worlds, but uh, like already. But yeah, if if they manage to win it at Singapore, then they'll go to Worlds. Everything be good. Yeah, like a wild card draw. Yeah, but what that means is that the Australians get another opportunity to play against the Middle Eastern players who are really fucking good, including for the guy I interviewed because he didn't win, so he has to qualify again in Singapore. And uh, I think that's re- like really good because it just means that the Australians are going to get better. And uh, it's going to raise the level of play in the rest of the world category to uh, like it's going to wind up being that the Americas might wind up being the like softest region which is unusual although their boon comes from being tight like north america is tied to south america i believe in terms of the region and so as a result the north american players will have the opportunity to play against south american players and there are a number of really good south american players uh and that will drag the north american ones up but it like it's I don't, I don't know it's like this this kind of shit is just I don't know it just fascinates me the way that this is going to raise the level of play of FIFA worldwide more than the single like the FIFA Interactive World Cup which happens once a year is awesome but it is once a year and yeah there's not a lot of opportunities for some groups to raise their level of play. But this changes all of that, so I think yeah. that's really cool. So my my main question is: you talked about how they do this like drafting phase, um, but that's like a completely different game to the one they're used to. So so they're doing the you know uh, I guess they're playing FIFA, but just using you know buying their way in or getting the best cards they can, um, but then going to this other tournament and having a work off a points based system. Like, how do they figure out, like, when are they told how much players are worth and, like, how do, how do, how's that determined? Because doesn't that just become, a like, a somebody figuring out that formula at some stage? Or is it, like, those points are updated every, you know, before the tournament and nobody knows how much players will be worth? Like, obviously, there's some sort of, uh, like, min-max on that, right? Because the best player is going to be worth more. The players are worth like the players are worth the points like the overall rating. Yeah, but so, so going into that tournament, you can prepare, right? Because yeah, but doesn't that just become another case of everybody's using the same or, or roughly the same amount of teams? Or the same? You mean the same builds? Yeah. Right. No, that that will. It might. They like, might spot. wind up being. But I don't, I don't think it will because what actually winds up happening is that you don't, like, you at home, like, you play me, right, and you at home don't have access to, like, you might have access to Messi and Ronaldo, but you don't have access to all the other players that, like, 
would create this perfect lineup. And so you yep. might have like fucking I don't, I don't know a football player. Fucking pick one. No, Harry Kuehl. No, okay, Harry. You might have Harry Kuehl <laughs> for some reason up the front, and I have fucking Schweinsteiger uh, in the same position because I have Schweinsteiger on my ultimate team, and you have Kuehl on yours, right? Yeah. So at home when you're playing, you've got Kuehl, uh, and you're used to how he plays, and you don't want to switch it out, even if it turns out that fucking. Pele is the fucking perfect player for that spot, mm. right? If you don't have access to him, then uh, at home you might not want to use him because it doesn't mesh with the way your your usual playstyle goes. This is that, that's something I actually talk to the players about. Is like, were there any players in particular that they were using that nobody else was? And all of them had players that nobody else was using because they're players that they used to having available to them how many of them had uh didn't have Lionel Messi is that like a is he the best player in the game at the moment I think Ronaldo's the best player in the game but uh I'm pretty sure all the teams had Messi and all the teams had Ronaldo yeah okay yeah yeah I think they were just like no brainers um so that's why not all the teams were playing like uh one of the Aussie guys who was doing really well wasn't like had uh his pocket pocket striker uh, in and wasn't playing Messi was using Messi as his replacement mm. so at half time he would put Messi on and Messi would have full stamina to go like through the uh, second half of the game and uh, he'd have an advantage over the now tired defence that was something that you didn't like I didn't see anyone else do but I wasn't watching every game obviously. Yeah, I'd like to... It'd be interesting if they kind of mix up these tournaments and did a similar style of, like, um, uh, sort of like the magic style of opening up a card pack and then right. using the cards that you get out of that to form, make a team. I think that could be an interesting way to do it as well, but... No way! That, what if, some, like, what if you like, get to the... Yeah, like, someone gets to the top and they open a card pack with Messi and nobody else does it. Yeah, well, no, no, I think what happens with that system is you need to limit it to the similar type of style that Magic is where you get a certain amount of uh, a type of card. Like, you're always guaranteed a silver card or a gold card. Um, yeah, and I guess it just... You can do it that way, and it, it obviously affects... Uh, luck comes into play, right? Yeah. Same sort of way that uh, you can play with, I don't know, poker or... Um, here is this... Here, not here is a storm. Hearthstone has a similar type of battle system. Um, but yeah, I think like changing up the format, like the mode that they play with, could keep it interesting, or have it as like a side tournament. I don't know. Yeah, a side tournament. Only because be I, I just I- feel like this is this comes down to min maxing, right? People people figuring out what the best builds are. No, man, it comes and- down to playing fucking FIFA better than someone else. It's not like you just create the team and then let it go. You've still got to be better than the other players at FIFA, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah. So, like, I don't I don't think the build is that important to the mix. Like, it just winds up, like, inf- informing the uh, overall uh, abilities of, like, your options, basically, mm-hmm. more than anything. But, uh... I've also got to be clear that this is how it worked 
as described to me by an EA rep who said he wasn't sure how it worked. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So sometimes you open a pack and Russell Westbrook falls out. I don't know. <laughs> We've still got that NBA license, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I think there's an NBA game coming out like this year. I read something about that recently. No way. But yeah. NBA Live. Um, coming back. I think they need to. They're on a contract, right? They need to release a game every certain amount of. That's true. Certain amount of years. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, the um, finals will be held in Miami, I think. Uh, I don't know when. I don't know when. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. It was pretty good. I, I like, enjoyed it. I'd forgotten how much fun I'd enjoy, like, much fun I'd had, uh, like, seeing people play FIFA super competitively. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually just looking at the EA Sports NBA Live Twitter feed, and they had, they actually posted six hours ago. <laughs> really? They're still they're still on there, going doing stuff. I don't know. Well, NBA Live Mobile. I must have a. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Hi. Anyway, that's strange. Hmm. Cool. FIFA. FIFA. Um, FIFA. Why was it in the ABC? Uh, studio space, I think. Okay. They didn't want to rent out like ESL or somewhere else? <laughs> uh, I guess not. Uh, I don't think ESL would have fit. And I have this feeling like ESPN might have been recording, mm. like broadcasting and stuff. And so they might have needed the broadcast, yeah. uh, like abilities and stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Hmm. Nice. Um, all right. What else can we talk about? What, what's about Siege? Rainbow Six Siege. Let's do it. New update came out last week. Um, two new operators, Mira and uh, who's the second guy? Uh, the tracking person. Um, Jackal. Jackal. Yes. Yeah. New map as well. New map. And uh, a bunch of gameplay changes, including user interface changes as well. Yeah. A lot of fixes. You've played this a lot more than what I have. What are uh, your thoughts so far on it? Uh, Mira has a bug right now where if you're on the other side of like, so she, what she does is on a, on a wall, she shoves the, the mirror like device into the wall and it juts through and creates a, a one way mirror type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and except the other side isn't particularly reflective. It, it's not important. You can't uh, see through it. You can't see through it from one side. Uh, you can see through it from the other. And, and then what you want to do as a defender is you want to break this gas canister and it drops the mirror and uh, you can shoot through the wall, which is fantastic. Uh, like it, it just, it creates an opportunity for you to like really increase the amount of information you have available to you um there's a bug right now where if you're on one like if you're on the opposite side from said mirror you can melee through the fucking wall smash the gas canister and uh, drop it yourself and you get to dictate how uh like as an attacker you get to dictate how the fucking uh encounter plays out which is completely the opposite of how it's supposed to work like obviously uh if you can do it using some other 
thing like twitch twitch can shoot it yeah uh, shoot the gas canister to drop it and uh, if you can manage that then you have earned the opportunity to dictate the engagement but uh yeah uh it's not supposed to be you're not supposed to fucking punch your way through a fucking wall to punch a gas canister that's ridiculous uh so that sucks uh makes her a little bit less useful i found her we were playing um bartlett university last night uh, i don't know if you noticed what i was doing but i, I was playing as mirror because you were complaining that nobody was playing as mirror and uh i was putting up one of her mirrors onto a uh, wall that didn't have any reinforcement yep uh the trick was uh, was that uh when the enemies walked past that wall we could see them and instead of just shoot, like instead of shooting the mirror, what you do is, uh, and opening the fucking hole, you just shoot straight through the fucking wall. Yeah, because there's bullet penetration, so you blast through the wall. I got three kills. Like that clutch victory I had was entirely because I could see through. Like I used that trick uh, quite well uh, and won us the round, which is fucking cool. So I like that a lot. Uh, that's my solution, actually, uh, to her current problem because yeah i I think kind of sucks that you can bash it from the other side i think it's kind of garbage yeah i think Um, i'll fix that either this way or next yeah yeah uh jackal is spectacular and uh, i would basically play him all the time except for the fact that uh i want other people to have an opportunity to play him um so the ability to track another like you're yeah, the other team is only half of what Jackal does because you can see footprints. Uh, that means you have information on the whereabouts of your enemy. Yeah, uh, like just being not even tracking, just being able to see footprints gives you so much fucking information because you can see which direction they're facing, uh, and even if they've just like looped through, you know that they didn't like say say we're on uh, Oregon uh, and you see the footprints run down the stairs from the bedroom and then go to a doorway and then run away again, even without scanning it. Uh, if you look and there's a, you know, there's, there's a chance there's a cap can trap on that fucking door. And you know that uh, because you saw the footprints. Uh, like you might've been able to see it anyway. You might've just like had a look Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like it's extra information then you scan it uh, you find out it's a cap can yeah there's definitely a cap can trap on that doorway uh, or you know you know that such and such hasn't run into the next room you know that Cav uh, has probably run through here and Cav is probably the best like the counterplay against Cavera is probably some of the best shit in the fucking game right now because it's uh like I am currently as a defender playing Cavera more than I ever have before because for me it's not about like uh, interrogating the enemy although I get it I do it a lot like half the time I'll just fucking cap I'll just finish them off because I am pretty sure that there's someone nearby and I don't need the like I'd rather have them dead than have them like try to interrogate them and die myself yeah um but the the counterplay is when you're sneak running as Cavera, uh your feet like footprints can't be tracked 
And uh, when you're belly crawling as Kavera, as anyone, you, you don't leave footprints. So as Kavera, one of like, you do your fucking reinforcements in the initial room and then you fucking bust out and try to get as far away as possible. But what you're like the entire time, what you're trying to do is move while you can't, can't be tracked. And so you're trying to leave literally no trace because you know that their jackal is looking for the footprints. If he can't see the footprints, he figures you're not near. I've gotten so many fucking jackals, like, actually jackals because jackals the fucking the counter roma right jackals the one hunting like he's on uh on fucking canal right he's the one in the opposite building from the one that you're supposed to be off from the objective running around throughout the levels trying to find uh uh, some romas so that his team can go in unmolested and uh yeah he doesn't see footprints he doesn't check corners and so you just you wait you hear the footsteps him you hear him run past and you step out behind him and fucking blam and i've like people freak the fuck out like they get the shit scared out of them because they thought they had all the information and uh, it's like a real learning experience the next time the next time you play against them as jackal they know a bit better and it like that sort of counterplay that playing counterplay is fucking fantastic in my opinion like that's that's the fucking essence of what Jackal brings to the table is this ability to like outplay not necessarily the entire team because I'm, I'm not like if I want to if I want to just outplay the entire team then I'll just play my team roles I'll, I'll just play Rook mm-hmm. right or I'll just play Ash or Thermite but if I'm in it to like play a bit of solo on my own then I'll play Cav and all I'm trying to do is outplay their hunters their fucking Roma hunters and that's that's what it is to me. And once I get that, once I do that, anything else is gravy. But uh, yeah, fuck, Jackal's awesome. He brings so much to the game. <laughs> yeah, and he works really interesting because you can track uh, their footprints, and it shows you like, like the heat signatures of how longer they've been there. But once you scan it, it shows everybody on your team where that person is. Yeah, and it tracks that's- them in real time, and that's fucked. It's so bananas. Yeah. Like, more than that, it it gives three updates on top of it, right? Hmm. And that is... It's too much, in my opinion. It should be fucking one extra update at best. Show you the initial location and then another update and then that's it. Because you... Like, you have someone fucking... on On a map that has, like, wooden fucking ceilings and shit, if you get tracked... And uh, you're, like, on the bottom level and the fucking roof above you is wood. You just have to... You, like... I just run. I just run around the fucking objective room, like, nonstop if I get tracked. Yeah. And I know know I'm going to get fucked up from upstairs. I'll just be like, they're all in the room above me. I guarantee it. And, like, around me is just a fucking... It's just a hailstorm of bullets. And uh, I'm just... Praying I don't get hit, and that's about the best I can hope for. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it just lasts for fucking ever. It lasts for like fucking. It seems like a minute. It's nah, not. It's not a minute. It, it's, it feels it's, like a fucking hour. It's like fifteen seconds or something. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that they can keep tracking. They can keep retracking you. Because um, I had an instance that happened last night where uh, I had a jackling on the team. They tracked my footprints, and it came up saying, "Hey, the other team." 
is aware of where you are. And so I'm sitting there and they did it a second time. I'm like, fuck, someone needs to go kill this guy. Otherwise, I'm fucked. Like, I can't go kill them. We were defending. I'm like, I can't go out there because they know I'm coming, all right? Because it's always updating where my position is. Someone else needs to go out there and find this guy. Um, so it kind of is, it kind of means you need someone else on your team to be like, all right, I'll fucking go sort this person out. Because yeah. I know exactly where I was standing um, before that encounter. So I, I roughly know they're pretty fucking close and, and I can't go out there now because like, they know where I am and I'm coming. So if somebody else sneaks up on them, at least they've got uh, you know a bit of surprise in there. So you kind of need to think about how that kind of plays into it and what you can do to counter that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think we'll probably see some balance changes in both of those coming up. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think... Like, the stuff with the mirror, mirror at the moment you're talking about of being able to shoot through walls, I think that's really... Um, that's huge. Because basically, you can put a fortified wall down on you know, one panel wall and blow a hole in the other or not even blow a hole, just, you know, shoot a, you know, uh, like a couple bullets into it and just make this tiny little speck in there. And that gives you so much information. Um, and being able to react really quickly is important in that type of, uh, situation as well. So yeah, there's, I think she's definitely going to get picked a lot, which is why, (laughs) um, I couldn't figure out why nobody was fucking using her while we were playing because I think she's crazy OP at the moment. She might not be OP, but everybody's still kind of learning how to play uh, against her. And I think that gives her a huge advantage because nobody's really figured out how to work against her yet. Um, So, yeah, that's why I'm like always, all right, people need to play as Jackal and people need to play as Mirror at the moment. And when I don't see that happening... I get really frustrated because I'm like, we need these two people on our team. They're important. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the season pass yet. Mm. I was waiting for. I think it unlocks tonight, uh, and I was just going to buy one of them using my points because I've got like twenty thousand, twenty two thousand points. Yep. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but I think there's still. I think they're really good additions, as opposed to the last ones that we're putting, which was uh, the guy that had the drone. Um, I yep. think I, I played him for the first time the other day and he's really good on certain situations on defense. Um, I think his biggest disadvantage is that, so he's got like this stealth drone that he can, that can basically maneuver, um, on the ground and also go up to the ceiling. And after it's not moved for a couple of seconds, it goes like into a invisible, like stealth predator type style, um, invisibility. And from there, you can uh, aim around and shoot, I think it's three times. Um, and it disorientates the, the person that you shoot until it recharges again. Um, and I think that's a really good way of, like, you can hide that up on a doorway into an entrance and sit on that camera. And as they come in, kind of disorientate people and then have someone else peek out. I don't think he's very good on disorientating people and then switching back to your player and then like peeking out and doing stuff like that. I think he's too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but having him in a, like a team-based situation being paired with somebody else, I think can be, is a really cool idea. Uh, but 
also, you don't want to be sitting on a camera the entire game, right? So, I think he's got a bit of work to go, still to go with him. And I'm not sure how you fix that. Um, maybe the reaction time of getting out of that camera needs to be a bit quicker. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. But who is the other one um, on the attacking team? Habana. Um, She's got the uh, explodey, uh, like... Yeah, the devices of things yeah yeah so she like shoots out these i think it's six devices that kind of stick to a wall and then you trigger them and it slowly like melts through the wall and it doesn't necessarily create a human size hole you can't um all the time do that it just depends on how kind of far away you are from wall no 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 the way they make a human size wall is by stacking she's got three shots oh and so if she stacks them on top of one another she can make a human size wall um right okay yeah but it's um it's basically a a way of like creating holes in their fortified defenses yeah like peak holes not something you can kind of run through but uh, yeah i guess you can use them as, as like a breaching charge but that's it's not a good way to go about it right because you're using up all your ammo just for one hole um i think it's better used for having putting holes in their defenses and picking people off um but i still think she's really good i think um i think being able to do that yeah yeah i think she's between i like picking ash um because i think she's very similar to ash but ash is really good in terms of just quickly fucking destroying a wall that's not fortified and then shooting through it Whereas she doesn't have that element of surprise, it's you know that's coming um, mm. because it takes a couple of seconds for it to burn through that wall. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that you can shoot them off while they're, while they're kind of uh, triggering as well. So there is yeah, an opportunity for the defenders to, to stop that from happening. Which is why you want to stick to reinforced walls. But like the, like the amazing thing about her and the reason she's utterly essential now is that uh like just one of her shots will or like if you catch the side of uh of a mirror yeah you will destroy the mirror Mm -hmm. and you will make a like much larger hole in a wall and so suddenly she's a direct counter to um to mirror which like makes mirror significantly less appealing in my opinion that's why i don't play mirror a lot of time is because someone almost always has a habana and habana can really fuck you yeah uh as a mirror because the like now you're like the hole you put in the wall is twice as big um and it's very complicated for you to deal with which is rough as guts uh, but it also buffs like other people that that have like smoke grenades or mm. um or even uh, uh oh fuck what's his name El Capitol um who has oh, yeah. the the like the bow and what's it's not a bow and arrow yeah the crossbow it's, it's crossbow and one of the crossbows is like shoots a smoke grenade so it kind of buffs him a bit as well because it makes him be able to block the sight of this this mirror now right yeah. Um, so I think it's really smart their way they're implementing all these operators and putting in this like paper scissors rock mechanic still. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm quite impressed with how they've implemented some of this stuff and how it turns out. I still feel that when I'm playing a defender, defender, um, yeah, defender, I don't have as much fun 
I think the operators have a lot of fucking cool tools. And when I play a defender, I'm like, ah. Attackers, uh, you mean? No, defender. You said the op- yeah, you said you think that operators have a lot of cool tools. Yeah, sorry. The 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 attack operators have a lot yeah. of cool tools. Like, um, I always feel like I'm doing fucking cool shit with them. Whereas when I'm a defender, um, I kind of like... I like playing the trap guys, but I know they're fucking useless 80% of the time because people know to look out for traps. Um, but then you've got stuff. Like I played a couple of bandits the other night and, um, you know, he's not really that essential. He's kind of cool to do stuff. And when it, it happens, that's fun. But then you've got your, your essentials, right? You need your, someone goes a rook to get some extra armor. You got Valk to put extra information down for cameras. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. I just don't feel like they've got anything that's super impactful that is a fun defense mechanic. Like, nobody wants to play fucking Tachanka, even though it seemed like every second game last night there was a Tachanka on our team for some hmm. reason. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to see some more interesting defenders out there. And I think the 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 way of adding that is the, um, the lady that, that interrogates people. What, I forget her name again. Um, uh, Caveira. Caveira. She's on defense, right? Yeah. Um, and, and she kind of goes out and interrogates people, but it's this, it's huge risk or reward on that because it takes so long to interrogate somebody that, that uh, by the time that happens, as you were saying before, like you're probably dead because someone else is with them. Um, yeah. And also, there's only one opportunity to, to interrogate them and that's when they're injured. So you need to have your pistol out to down them because yep. if you use your machine gun, there's a chance that they die. Yeah, um, I use the shotgun, not the machine gun because I hate that machine gun. But uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, but she's, that, which is why I don't think anybody used her in the the, uh, the games a couple of weeks back where um, the big world in, invitational they did like she, I don't think she was picked up a single game um, because I, I, I think that the risk-reward is just too... It's, I just don't know if it's worth it. Once, like, it's super worth it if you do manage to get that off, and, but it's, it's rare that's that's going to happen because um, you can see the their entire team, right, for a certain amount of time, and that's crazy, but it's really rare that's going to happen. So I've only seen it once ever playing, and it's not so I played a lot, but... What really? Yeah, I've only seen it happen once. That's nuts. I do it all the fucking time. Yeah, well, that's because I don't play against you. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. Um, like I had it happen last night. I thought I'm going to play as her, and I, I downed somebody using the pistol. Yeah, and then ran up and interrogated. And I was like, "Fuck, this is taking ages." It took like mm-hmm. three or four seconds. Yeah, and by the time that happened, I was dead. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe my 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 buff for her is that I would like to see them change it to you can also melee somebody and it initiates it. I think that would be good, um, but that's not the way it works at the moment. They need to be injured for you to interrogate them. Yeah, I I I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think they need to be. I get plenty of fucking knife kills. Trust me. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- I think they need to be down because I think you need the skill element of the like downing in the first place. It takes actually quite a bit of doing hmm. to get get to a point where you're like quite like I will down someone quite regularly uh, as Kavera now. 
Yeah. Um, I will, I'll just finish them off because of the reasons we said. But, uh, yeah, like it took some time because your initial gut reaction, like your initial instinct is to aim for the head. And so if you plank them in the head, they'll fucking die no matter what. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a challenge. I think the cab, like, you need that extra skill element to make it because it's so fucking crazy OP. Like, and people go fucking all out. As soon as you get the interrogation, it is a fucking, like, rush. Like, just every, like, every single defender, in casual anyway, will just fucking ball out and try and get fucking kills wherever the fuck people are. Like, just because you, you can track them forever. Well, not forever, but like, they're, they're tracked for, I think six or seven seconds. It is fucking bananas how long they're like visible for through walls, through fucking everything. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think you should play as it more and you get uh, yeah, a bit more experience with her. The, the, but she is the large reason why when uh, when I'm Jackal and I'm playing with Nate, Nate will go Ash and we'll go as a t- uh, like team. Yeah. We'll go it, team. It's good to have someone back you up, right? Because you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to wind up getting outplayed and then fucked. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's good. I like it. It's a good game. Good game, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, new updates, really good. The only ma- main problem is that the, uh, the bugs, <laughs> no, the four honor jerks have been crashing the fucking service. Uh, okay, with their PvP system. Yeah. Oh, with their peer to peer system, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Radio. Um, what else is here? Uh, Mirror's Edge. I'll talk about that quickly. I purchased the EA Access Pass, I think. That's what it's called. It's like $6 a month. Um, and you get access to a bunch of games in the EA library that you can kind of just... It's a, like it's a subscription-based service where you pay every month and you get to choose from whatever games they've got in there and just install or play them whenever you want. Um, I was going to play some Dead Space 3 uh, co-op, but on Saturday, the EA servers were not working properly. Um, sorry, Sunday, they weren't working properly, so the the friends list was down for the entire day. And, right. Um, that game uses the EA Origin fucking friend service to choose how you play co-op, so that never happened. Um so I was like, fuck it, what else What else is on here? And they've got a decent selection of games on there. Like, if you've not played stuff like uh, Mass Effect, the Mass Effect series, all of them are on there, I think, 1, 2, and 3. Um, it's a bunch of Battlefield... I think all the Battlefield games are on there except for 4. Sorry, 1, the, newest, the, the latest one. Mm. Um, there's stuff like uh, Plants vs. Zombies, all those are on there, including Garden Warfare. Um... I think a, there's a couple Star Wars games. There's some indie games. Um, this War is Mine, I think, is one of the games I saw on there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some. There's a decent selection on there um, to kind of get you through um, a couple of games to play with. So I, I installed Mirror's Edge Catalyst because I hadn't played that before. And um, I think Nate played it at some stage. He might have talked about it. And I kind of just wanted to see what it was like compared to... Um, the last one and yep. whether or not it was any good but um, yeah completely different to the last game it's open world you run around you do missions and shit um, 
the momentum stuff is kind of weird. It's, I don't know. I played the last one on a console, um, whereas this one I'm playing on PC using mouse and keyboard. And it can get a bit full on sometimes, like all the diving and the way it kind of represents head head wobbles and head bobbing and um, like that perspective of being in a someone's face and the way they run around and whatnot is kind of disorientating, um, which I don't normally get that sort of stuff at all. <laughs> but this game seems to do quite a good job of that. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, there's uh, it's pretty much focused on like the running stuff at the moment, all the combat stuff. So shooting is not in there anymore. It's a bunch of uh, punching dudes now, uh, light light attacks, heavy attacks, dodging, um, and running and jumping around. So you didn't play this at all, did you? Uh, no, I only played the beta and it didn't run very well. So I was like, yeah, eh, that's weird because it runs pretty good uh, on my PC at the moment. Oh, this would have been the beta, though. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a good looking game. Um, there seems to be a lot of content on there, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how engaging it is to just run around and do races for the majority right. of the game, or just running around and uh, every once in a while punching a person um, in an open world. At, at least with the last game, it was kind of mission to mission stuff. Um, that kind of felt like you were in some sort of story. Yeah. This one so far is just, it seems like a bunch of races and I'm trying to get from A to B constantly. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I, I need to play it a bit more. I'm only like an hour in, hour and a half in, but it's, um, I can see why it's, it's going quite cheap. Because even to buy it was really cheap. Um, I think I looked it up and it was only a couple bucks, but yeah. I don't know, man. That the fact that that game came out what six months ago, a couple months back, and it's on that vault list now is kind of telling, right? It didn't sell well. Yeah, so, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Um, but yeah, anybody that's thinking about that EA Access stuff um, and hasn't played stuff like Mass Effect or um, or some of the Dead Space games, yeah, highly recommend at least subscribing to that. You can cancel it at any time. Um, so you can pay for it for one month and cancel it the next. So, you know, six, seven bucks for, uh, stuff like Dead Space and, and Mass Effect, I think is definitely worth checking out. Like it's cheaper. It's more expensive for me to go buy, um, Dead Space 3. I think it was like 15, 20 bucks to go buy that. So I thought I'll just subscribe to this, see what it's like. And yeah, they added a uh, skate three to it recently. Today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool to see... Like, we see this stuff with Netflix or Stan. Like, I'm, I'm a subscriber to both Netflix and Stan. Um, and having... Why? Stan's all right. Stan's good. Hmm. Um, yeah, and having a bunch of... Like, a, a service like that. We haven't seen Valve do anything like that, which is kind of... Um, interesting. Maybe they'll get to it at one stage, but yeah, being able to just subscribe to a service and be like, all right, today I'm going to play FIFA or Mass Effect or Battlefront. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. And I don't, I, but I don't think anybody else could kind of get away with this, right? Maybe, um, maybe Ubisoft could with some of their stuff. Yeah, but there aren't any too. There aren't a lot of big 
AAA publishers can be like, all right, here's our library. Uh, here's what you got. I also got Mass Effect 2 free. They just fucking hand out free games as well on, on Origin. Um, it was a button on there the other day. It was like, all right, you can. do you want this game for free? And I was like, yes, I'll take that game for free. Cool. It was like Mass Effect N7 Deluxe Edition or something like that. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. And I thought, oh, I told my girlfriend about it and made her click the button as well because she'd probably like that Mass yeah. Effect game. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's an interesting service that will probably get better as uh, as time goes, especially if they're adding titles as quickly as they are. If you're not the type of person that's like, oh, well, I play games every once in a while or you want to buy it for somebody that doesn't play as many games as you um i think it's a cool service yeah uh, what else is here we can talk about uh the forest the forest we're back into the forest played a bit of it um, uh yeah yeah so i think since we last played there's been one uh, one or two major updates yeah i think it's two um two. the last one added in like cold damage yeah which That's means that if you're outside and uh, it starts raining or if you're in a cave and it's quite cold you need to get warmed up you need to be near a fire or keep moving and if you if you do have uh, this cold attribute running and you stand still for I think it's 8 seconds and you start taking damage yeah yeah so shit's rough puts more survival in the forest yeah, and you can get cold like super quickly, ver- very quickly. Uh, if it's nighttime and you're wet, you'll wind up getting cold, and uh, it's it puts in like quite a bit of like challenge to the entire thing because suddenly, like having the ability to make a small fire while underground is like nearly critical, nearly fucking utterly critical because. You're, like we often spend an entire couple of days just spelunking through a single cave system mm-hmm. um, without ever going back up, and so you'll go all the way through a day, through the night cycle, through a day, and through another night cycle all over again. And yeah, if uh, if that happens during the night cycle, yeah, you're going to get cold if you're wet, and uh, you're going to have to deal with it somehow. And uh, yeah, it's. It's quite challenging. I don't know. I think that's a cool, cool little addition that they added, or thing they added. Um. So yeah, there's that. Uh, and we're playing on hard mode now. We started a new game on hard mode, and uh, it's, it's hard. that's interesting as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. Um. Yeah, the enemies take like fuck all damage. Uh. You have to hit them fucking heaps, and they can nearly one-shot you. Uh, like, not necessarily kill you, but put you in a down state in uh, one or two hits. Uh, like, the big Prometheans. We call them Prometheans because they look like the... We have nicknames from for all of Prometheus, them. yeah. <laughs> um, but the Prometheans, they they are one-hit kills. Uh, they're fucking crazy. Um, and... Uh, also in hard mode, we've only seen it once, but they've, uh, as with like as of one of the patches uh, that occurred since we've been playing, um, there will be more of the fucking weird enemies, the armsies or legsies, uh, and they're able to travel in groups now as well and shit like that. And uh, 
So we're going to have to deal with that as well as we cruise around through the fucking game world. It's interesting. I'm not as compelled this time, but I guess there is a degree of like, there's actually not that there is a degree. There's less of a degree of discovery involved. Hmm. I no longer feel like, oh, I wonder what is around this corner. It's more like I know what I need to acquire uh, I wonder when I can acquire it, and that's that's a different sort of um, yeah degree of wonder, I guess. I, I think because the forest, <laughs> while it is a survival game, it is trying to tell a story. It's not like Daisy, where you start and it's all right. I need to live, mm. um, and you kind of go around looking for things. This is like you're trying to progress a story, and we know that what the story is, so we're at that point where we've built a lot of what we can uh, and there's really not much else more to build. Like, we have our fancy Ewok village. Yep. And we've built a, you know, a base. It's kind of like, all right, what else is there for us to do? Well, all right, we can go search a couple caves, but um, I think the challenge in it now comes down to how far can we get through because it's going to yep. get tougher and tougher as the nights progress. We're already seeing that at the moment where there's stacks of people coming yeah. even during the daytime. Um, yeah. And what will it start to devolve into once we do come across these, the bigger, badder mutants that we've done one at the moment that I remember well, as a group, we've done one and that took us a while to even kill that because we were kind of scared as to how much damage we could take. Um, yeah, it's a different game now. Second time through, at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm still enjoying it, and I like that we've made our little Ewok village, and I think we worked well together to create that initial base as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different game. Um, yeah, okay. I, I feel I, like I'm, they're adding as the patches kind of go on. That will at least the last two. Um, hmm. The, the last time they added a uh, repair tool, um, it didn't really add much to the game. I guess it just replaced putting sap in broken... Directly on things, yeah. Yeah, not a huge update. Um, mm-hmm. And with this one, it was stuff like the cold damage. Um, and we've seen like little bits and pieces that have been added in there, like different animals and the way <laughs> things behave. But it's, it looks like a lot of it is balanced balance changes and bug fixing um kind of like they're wrapping up like they're getting towards the end of this game um, right the other thing we haven't done is we've spent a lot of time which is the same sort of thing we did at the first playthrough on the one side of the islands like we didn't go to the far north up to the snow or anything like that and i think that's an area that they need to work on a bit more because i said it in the past it feels like the there's a lot of density to that certain initial starting area but once you venture out and it becomes a bit more open. Um, it doesn't feel as much as a forest as the rest of that starting area. And I think there could be some more work to be done um, yeah. in the environment towards that further side of the map that you kind of get to later on. It just feels a lot more empty. Yeah. And that's probably well. where they'll get to next. Um, I think we've seen most of what the game offers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I think they need a, an element of randomization or something. I think that would be a good way to, 
to fix it. But yeah, yeah, they want to tell that story, so they want to tell a story. Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of makes it a bit hard. Because <laughs> um, yeah, if it was like a Minecraft thing where every time you started on this island, it was random, mm-hmm. then yeah, I can see that being kind of cool. But we're going to the same caves and exploring them all the time, uh, even if it feels like we're we don't know what we're doing. Like we spent fucking ages in that first cave. Yeah. Because we got so lost. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. It's still a really fun game. Yeah. Cool. What's next? Um, what else is here? Neo. Neo. Uh, so. I've been playing this. I have been playing this. Uh, so, yeah, I got a copy. Um, it was sort of pitched at me uh, as a sort of. Uh, what if ninja theory ninja theory ninja. no team ninja ninja theory is the ones that did uh that enslaved yep uh yeah team ninja what if team ninja did dark souls and uh so i was pretty intrigued i mean obviously i'm a massive souls fan so i want to see you know how it worked uh i got into it and like the first hour of that game feels just like a shitty dark souls clone Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I doing with it? Like, I, I'm not enjoying this. Uh, the first fucking boss you fight, uh, you like press the triangle and circle button at the same time, and a fucking cutscene triggers and kills the boss for you. And I was just about like, I was pretty close to fucking snapping the disc because <laughs> I don't want like that's horseshit. I don't want a fucking cutscene to get what I fucking earned, even if it was a pathetic easy boss fight i like i didn't i didn't die i think at all on my run through that first section the tower of london it was uh it was just so yeah i'd seen it all before it was like yeah slotting straight back into dark souls except everything was a bit shittier i'm like okay this kind of sucks and then it dumps me in the tutorial section and i'm like uh, okay, I don't know why I'd need such a thing because I, you know, clearly know how to play the game because I just beat a fucking boss. Uh, but okay, go on. Tutorial takes me through a bunch of stuff, demonstrates a bunch of stuff it very much never explained earlier. Uh, so I didn't, I beat this first boss without access uh, to all this shit that it was telling me about, which was interesting uh and then um dumps me into the game proper and it feels and like one of the things it, it keeps doing throughout all of this is trying to tell a story in cutscenes but the story it's telling i don't give a fuck about and like a dark souls story <laughs> hey like no like no. dark souls no because dark souls at least isn't trying to tell a story it's just <laughs> saying some shit's happening it's just when you're watching dark souls guy touch stuff and breaking it all the time exactly yeah he's like just fucking oh i'm gonna oh what, what might happen if i touch this oh i'm also yeah well should have seen that coming at this point i think he touches stuff because he wants monsters to come out this is all like Oh, I'm a guy and I came over on a pirate ship and I look like Geralt of Riveria and I, uh, I've come to Japan to, uh, help you fight some demons and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, nobody gives a fuck. 
Why are you talking? Why are you talking at all? Just let me fucking kill some demons and shit. And so I just skip the fucking cutscenes. But it just bugs me that there's cutscenes at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then get into the main game. And it feel, like it actually feels a bit better now that I understand, like, know all this other shit that I'm uh, capable of doing. Like, yeah, stuff, stuff makes a bit more sense. There's, so one of the really interesting things it does, you don't have fucking, you don't have stamina. You have key, and uh, for all intents and purposes, stamina and key are exactly the same thing. But um, stamina, like, all right, so I'm just going to call it stamina. But uh, when your stamina, like, lowers while you're attacking, if you press the R1 button uh, before the end of the combo, and while, like, so... How do I explain this? The stamina goes down, but it doesn't disappear immediately. It sort of, uh, it like goes down, turns into red. And the portion that is red, Mm -hmm. there's a bar that refills. And if you press R1 when that's at its fullest, you'll regain that stamina back immediately. It's like active reloading. Yes, it's like active reloading in Gears of War. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you just have to time it right. And suddenly you are able to continue fucking fighting non-fucking-stop. And so, in that sense, I, f- like, I find it fucking fantastic. It, like, Bloodborne obviously did a great job of pushing the pace of yeah. Souls games by uh, incentivizing you to regain health. And actually... Uh, a fairly similar way by encouraging you to com- continue like acting mm. uh, but it, it it used a different measure obviously this one like I feel like if you're capable enough you almost never need to stop attacking uh, except to get out of the way of shit which is awesome uh, the other thing that it does is it's got stances so uh if you hold R1 and press X, square, or triangle, you'll change from low, mid, or high stance. And each stance has different combos available to it, different attack combos available to it. So if you're in the low combo, I'm using an axe a lot, uh, like you sort of open with a, like a short jab with the butt of your axe, the handle of your axe, and then you go into a very quick uh, attack. If you go like high stance then you'll chop down from overhead and you'll do these massive powerful blows and shit like that and uh yeah the like the difference between the two is is quite pronounced uh and it means that you can actually like pick and choose uh how you're going to approach a situation and you can even like change it up mid fight to uh, take advantage of like certain elements of of the fight, mm-hmm. which I think is really really cool. Um, so yeah, to like to that end, uh, I think it's actually a, a really like good take on the concept of the Souls game. Like to me, like it seemed ultra derivative when I was just playing it like a Souls game, but when I started to understand the depth of it involved. I was uh, far more engaged, which is fantastic in my opinion. Uh, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely playing it quite a bit. Uh, the uh, other thing it does is it's got like a fucking... It's got Diablo loot. 
And I don't know if I agree with this mm-hmm. uh, specifically. Um, it's got Diablo loot in that there are different classes of loot. You know, purple is epic or unique or whatever the fuck. And, like, yellow is rare and there's common and whatever the fuck. And it's got that. It's also got, like, dismantling of gear and all this kind of shit. It, but, like, in typical, like, Souls fashion, it doesn't explain any of this shit. And I feel like... A complex crafting and gear mechanic is one of those things where fucking information is actually necessary. Like, leaving players to just fucking work it out on their own or with the help of game facts, I don't think that's acceptable. I don't think you get away with that with a complex, like, loot and crafting mechanic system. Uh, this isn't like fucking working out how to make a pickaxe in fucking Minecraft. This is that, like, this is working out, like, why would I do any of this shit in the first place? And if you don't work out like why this shit is necessary and you reach a point in the game where you can't continue because you haven't done any of this shit, that's like, that's not a failure on your part, in my opinion, because if you possess the skills required in a souls game, you should be able to fucking win. Not like, Oh, you don't possess the gear required. That's horseshit. Right, I don't know if people are ever going to be able to, you know, one bro, Neo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's something people will be capable of. But if they are, it will we be like fire, the farming of like gear, certain gear, and well, I think that's a little bit distasteful in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't f- find it, you know, particularly. Uh, I don't know. I just find it, yeah, it puts a bad taste in my mouth um yeah other than that like i'm finding it really hard to find resources that will inform me about what shit does and i don't really like the menu system when you finish a mission you sort of go back to this map screen and then you pick your next mission it's not like on in dark souls where you're always in this one world it's all interconnected or anything you go from mission to mission from your map hub and you'll do different things and uh yeah to like from like from that i feel like i should have more information as well but i just sort of do things because i'm doing things and yeah uh i can't work out like how to summon anyone or how to be summoned uh like there are there's a lot of information that i'm not i'm just not getting access to and the game's been out for a little bit now but i just can't work out where to find those details and yeah i i don't know maybe the game just doesn't have the audience required to create that wealth of information maybe this is what it was like trying to play demon souls back in the day yeah uh but yeah i don't know i'm finding it to be a hell of a bummer and i find that there are elements of this that where i require a lot more information i've made it quite a bit of the way through dark souls with very very little information my first time like uh, i was told specifically where to go uh which i think was very fucking helpful uh or more specifically where not to go uh not into the fucking graveyard but uh yeah apart from that i didn't get information i wasn't told you know uh you need to level this up or you need to do this or anything like that i was told uh yeah where not to go uh and to go shoot the tail off the fucking dragon and that's roughly all i was told yeah um 
and I had to work out the rest of myself. Like I had to work out, okay, well, I shot the tail off the dragon, but but to use it, I need this amount of strength. How do I get that? Uh, you know, I worked those things out. Uh, and so it's not like I'm adver- uh, averse to the mere concept of uh, working shit out for myself, but the amount of information and like the fucking tool tips they give you in game is shithouse, like fucking clear like fucked up translation shit like bad english and stuff which doesn't help uh that make like that, that's even worse in my opinion so yeah i don't know i think i actually really enjoy i fucking i've really relished beating i've beat two of the bosses so far i'm not sure how many bosses there are but i've like fucking really enjoyed taking those bosses on working out how to beat them and beating them yeah. the Second boss, or technically the third boss, but the first boss, obviously, I beat in a cutscene, so I don't count it. So the second boss, uh, I had to learn how to fucking block. I had not blocked the entire game, except in the tutorial when it told me how to block. <laughs> I had not blocked at all. Mm. You cannot... I don't oh, Look, maybe you can. I cannot, could not beat this boss without blocking. I had to block. Because she has this... Uh, ability she does where she just tracks you way too fast to dodge out of the way or like your only real option is to predict it uh that she's gonna do it she doesn't really have a tell it's like very similar to her other attacks um uh, you have to predict that she's gonna do it and then dodge backwards very fucking fast so like hammer the dodge button Hmm. backwards as fast as you can to get out of range of it because if you dodge left or right she tracks you and she'll hit you and she'll kill you and it's that shit's rough um so yeah apart from that though uh yeah once i learned how to block uh it was just a matter of working out how she operated taking it down first like four times that i fought her when i was still like didn't know i had to block uh, I used all of the fucking item that I had access to that would cure the poison that she put upon me when she attacked. She'd like build, you know, certain enemies in Souls games will like build poison on you or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and then when you hit that threshold, it kind of just yeah. she had like, explode. Like, yeah, she had a fucking paralysis thing that she builds on you. Yeah. And uh, I had a thing that cured it, but I used all of them uh, on my way. Uh, to learning that I needed to block it all. And uh, so that was by the time I was actually capable of even doing damage to her without dying instantly, I didn't have any of these things left. So I had inadvertently made the fight a whole lot more difficult for myself, but that's yeah. okay. I dealt with it. I beat her. Fucking cop it. Felt good. I uh, felt that like Dark Souls style of fucking uh, achievement. Yeah. I like that. That's a good thing. I mean, the obviously you've seen problems with it, but yeah. we've we've talked about this in the past. Like competition is still good; it makes the other games better because um, they can take things from each other and kind of learn and see what works and what doesn't. Uh, or you get to a stage where you know the people that are making Dark Souls, they're like, "Oh, this thing works," and then they just keep dishing out the same thing over and over again. Whereas a game like Neo, you've talked about how. Um, having active active stamina reload system, um, you know, that could be something that maybe you end up seeing in a, another Dark Souls, well, obviously not Dark Souls, but I don't know, Bloodborne or, you know, a sequel that the next, their next Souls game that they make. Um, they can take ideas and everybody just keeps bet- getting better and better stuff from competition. So 
that's a good thing. And I'm really keen to play it as well. I, I'm I'm uh, super excited to play it when I get back from my holiday because it's definitely top of my list. <laughs> I just don't have the time right now. Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you'll just have more information available, which will be good. But also, I went down to like, I don't know, when I go Big W or something the other day and they didn't even have it in there. I was like, all right, yeah. I've heard that this... You can't really find this game anywhere. <laughs> Probably other than AB or maybe JB would have it, but yeah, mm. it seems like your local type of re- retailer stuff's just not really out and about, which is strange because it's got quite good reviews. And um, but I, I just don't think Sony pushed it out, right? Like I didn't hear anything about it at all. Yeah, super strange. Considering they have an understanding of how well those games sell, right? From stuff like Bloodborne. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Kind of weird. Odd. Mm. Anyway, anything else to say about that? No, that's about it. Cool. Um, last one on the list is Prey, right? That's great. Unless you're going to sneak anything on, on me. No. No. Um, Prey, we, we played uh, some of this last week. We did. The new one. The reboots. Yes. Not Prey 2 either. Not Prey 2. I've been down on this game, eh? Uh, you know, cynical. I have. I know I have. Uh, because to me, uh, I was, you know, that, that fucking video they showed at Prey 2. Prey 2 was bongers, right? Right? <laughs> like, I, I would have, I probably would have never played another game again. Uh, it's easy, easy to say knowing it will never come out. But, like, that looked fucking amazing. Bount- bounty hunting in space. Yeah. Like, in, like, a Blade Runner fucking city is so the game Appealing. that's yeah it's like it's literally what i want to play in a fucking video game it's mm. spectacular what a fucking brilliant idea yeah so and we so, we saw that in like 2011 or 2012 at e3 yeah yeah i think um and then like a year or two later i think it was a year later rumors started coming up that, that had been cancelled um and then we've got this game now so pray but I, I, this is actually something that's in my uh, what's well, in my preview at the moment. I don't know if it'll be there when I edit, edit it. Um, but I pretty much talked something similar to what you've said. Like that whole that whole thing they had going of being a bounty hunter in space and and the way it kind of looked like this RPG type thing was very unique. And although Mass Effect was kind of out of that stage, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a game you see a lot of. Um, whereas this game, when I play it and I see it, it reminds me of so many other things that we've played uh, and so many other influential games that we've played. It just seems like another one of them. Whereas that Prey 2 was like completely different. It was something unique. And um, yeah, just, we hadn't really seen games like that before. Yeah. And like... Or, like, if we had seen it, we hadn't seen it, like, executed it. In, in, in this, like, to this sort of degree of, I don't know, t- like, it just, it felt like they had ripped it from the games I had dreamed of growing up, you know? Yeah, you play a spaceman that goes around shooting aliens and... Yeah, you're fucking... You're- <laughs> You're Han Solo in the Blade Runner universe, so you're, like, Harrison Ford squared. Yep. Right? Like, yeah. But that's not the game we're getting. No. (laughs) And I I wasn't wasn't about it. 
Like I was just fucking the. Uh, how could how could they do that? How dare they try to give me something different? Uh, but I tell you what, I'm 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 different now. I've changed my mind. And you know, like the reason, right? The reason for it is because it's Arcane Studios, mm-hmm. and Arcane Studios just they haven't put a step wrong, in my opinion. Not not for ages. Not since what was their what was the Might and Magic game they made? Dark Messiah was it? I think it was I, fucked. I mean, um, I yeah, they haven't, they haven't fucked up like the entire time I've been playing their games and. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah, bring it on. Hmm. Um, so we played. We we actually got to play it, and yeah, we played like the first 30, 40 minutes of it. Yeah, and I'll tell like this. This is like to me, it's System Shock Three. Yeah, that's it. It's like that's what it is. I like. Uh, I know that Harvey and uh, fuck, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, the two co-founders. I know that System Shock is very dear to both of their hearts. It was like one of the, the first games that they got involved with when they got involved with games. Hmm. Uh, Looking Glass Studios or Looking Glass uh, references are like littered throughout the demo that we played uh, of Prey. Like just, yeah, it's clear that System Shock itself has a large amount of influence on not just Arcane, but Prey itself. Uh, and, yeah, that's, that's what they're making. They're making what if, in the year 2017, uh, the company that, like, fucking nailed first-person action with Dishonored decided to make System Shock. That's what Prey is. Hmm. Yeah, and- it's, it's got a huge, like, System Shock, uh, yeah. Bioshock, Deus Ex. Yeah, if you never go into it. If you never played, yeah, um, System Shock, then Bioshock was the was Ken Levine's own spiritual successor system. Uh, to System Shock. Uh, this is, I guess, Harvey's spiritual successor to System Shock, whereas Dishonored was his uh, his uh, steampunk Deus Ex. Because like Deus Ex is another, yeah, or Thief. Uh, but Deus Ex is another game that's dear to Harvey Smith. And, uh, yeah, I guess he was trying to go for that sort of thing, you know, the the RPG elements and stuff like that. I guess Thief is probably a better example because he also worked on Thief 1 but uh, or Thief the Dark, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, this this one is, is System Shock through and through. So if you've played Bioshock, you might already have some idea of what you're in for, but I guarantee you... You don't really. It's 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 half it's half Bioshock, half Half Life, and it's set in a space station with <laughs> aliens that transform into fucking coffee mugs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bananas. I think that's a really cool idea that that whole um, the creatures, the mimics that yeah. can change into objects around the world. Um, makes for some really interesting like horror elements as well yeah because you just don't know like where the fuck any of these things can pop out of um and i don't think we've seen something like that done before in a game that i can recall that like 
these the the objects within the environment uh, can just jump out and attack you. Yeah, like I know there's games out there. Um, I've seen one like a multiplayer game. Kind of, we even played one like the the one where you like a shrubbery or shrub suicide survival. Yeah, where you like you're basically something that looks like something else in the environment, and you got to try and hide from the other person. Yeah, uh, but that kind of takes that idea and puts it into a single player game where uh, the things out there are AI controlled and can come and get you. I just don't. I've not. I don't think I've played a game at least that kind of does that. Um, and I think that's really cool and an interesting way to, you know, have enemies come come and come to get you. Uh, yeah, it's it's like uh, it makes you really tense going through new areas as well because you're not sure what could possibly be an alien. I don't know also- if you did it, but I was shooting stuff. Uh, <laughs> like I was inanimate objects. <laughs> I was like having, I had like a really tense standoff with a lamp at one point where I just like stood facing it and I'm like, I'm going to fucking, I'll do it. I'll shoot, shoot. And then I didn't shoot because I didn't, couldn't afford the fucking ammo. But uh, yeah, it turned out it was just a lamp. I hit it with a wrench and uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Like the fucking glue gun uh, allows you to fucking climb the walls and shit as long as you create yourself little platforms and it turns like regular areas into these platforming puzzle challenges as you struggle to work out just how far you can get through an area with the glue that you have on hand mm-hmm. and uh it hinted at all this other shit that we never really got a chance to experience like fucking crafting using like all the junk that you pick up and then you feed into the machine. I think, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, but we barely even got to fucking see it. At best, I got to see I could make glue gun ammo and I didn't get to try it because I ran out of time. But yeah, there's that. And there's all this other shit that they haven't actually allowed us to do yet. Like they didn't allow us in the demo to uh, try being an alien uh, or using the alien uh like abilities because they're yeah you can actually apparently like you've got these neuro mods that allow you to do certain things uh like lift up heavier objects or stuff like that classic so, deus ex <laughs> yeah or or, uh, or like splicer shit like from bioshock or like to to continue the fucking to connection um to the shock games like you're able to fucking build your character using that but there's also those the alien neuro mods and uh yeah one of them allows you to turn into a fucking mug you can transform into a mug uh and or like a chair or whatever the fuck yeah and uh we didn't get to really like experience that even in our playthrough i I mean i realized we turned what could have been a short playthrough into quite a long one by fucking about a shitload. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it just fe- like, it feels like that's what's going to happen a lot is you're going to wind up taking a lot longer throughout the entire fucking world just because you're fucking, uh, fucking around constantly. It's like, just there's so much to explore and play with in the game. It's not like, uh, your, it's like, you're not just sort of making your way from one point to another. You're trying to 
get to the many different points along the way and that, i think that's fucking awesome and they they keep like they're hinting at all this other shit that we didn't get to fucking touch i'm just fucking amped hey eh? i'm like very excited but yeah. but uh you had some frame rate issues didn't you yeah i, I had um yeah i had frame rate issues <laughs> let's put it that way yeah, me too. Uh, Nathan was telling us he had crashes. And uh, here's the thing, right? Like, with uh, you were saying this before, like, with, with Bethesda's review policy, it would feel at least mildly irresponsible to not highlight Talk about these yeah. issues. And, like, especially in light of, like, Arcane's last PC uh, game <laughs> rough showing with Dishonored 2 and like this this one's different because uh, Dishonored 2 was on a proprietary in- engine mm-hmm. developed for the game by Arcane yep. and this one's just using CryEngine mm-hmm. just just using air quotes uh, but so there's there's every chance that you know it might be better optimized for more uh, PCs but there's also the, every chance that it won't be and Nobody will know until the fucking After game it comes out. Exactly. Yeah, and they've now lost the benefit of the doubt by yeah. introducing this new review policy. If this review policy wasn't in place, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it because the idea is that, okay, um, this stuff could possibly, you know, it's early, it's an alpha. Yeah. Um, they've got still four or four months to work on it. it they'll probably sort out the frame rate issues, but because they're not letting reviewers get hands of this beforehand, we can't say, well, this won't be, it's a possibility this won't be there because we won't know until after the game's out. Um, and at that stage, it could come out and it'd be like, well, why the fuck are all these frame rate problems happening? Um, and it's something that we saw. So, yeah, we now have to say that <laughs> this is an issue that we saw. Yeah, Absolutely. Which is a bummer because I am un- like undoubtedly like one hundred percent excited for this game. I will, I'll get it day one. Yeah, uh, sure. I would get it even if I had to buy it, but I'll get it. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I- I'll be, I'll be there, like front and center. Bring it on! But if you like, if you're worried at all about how it might run on your platform of choice it might be worth waiting a couple of days yeah. uh because we've seen we've already seen issues and yeah like you said there's months there's months until it's out but it doesn't like doesn't necessarily mean everything will get fixed yeah i mean all you need to do is look at what happened with dishonored um yep. that had sorry dishonored 2 yeah that had a really bad launch uh, on pc and uh it wasn't patched for weeks um and it didn't run very well yeah, um, to the point where, like, and I've talked about this. I stopped playing it. I, I haven't gone back to it because um, it just completely took me out of that game. And I, I get that it's a really, it's a great game, but uh, like, it lost me. I, I need to, I need to go back now at a stage and, and relearn how to play it. And I just don't have that time. I'm too busy playing Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. which I probably shouldn't be I should probably go play this on but yeah just like that like yeah. I don't know if I can wait on my busy schedule for them to fix it and three four weeks later jump back in and go alright now let's go 
Um, so yeah, it's just kind of if you're the type of person that's like, well, maybe I can wait for this. It's probably a good idea to wait and see someone like a I don't know a Eurogamer or someone that gets their hands on it that could do like a benchmark review on it and see whether or not this, this has problems. Yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It sucks that we've got to sit here and talk about this like that. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Especially when the game itself is fucking brilliant. I made, like, I climbed well beyond the boundaries of uh, where they, where I believe they expected us to go in the in the demo level. Um, I, un, I achieved, I got an achievement, uh, even though achievements weren't yet implemented into the game. Um, I accidentally made my way into the dev console uh, where I was offered the opportunity to unlock God mode and all kinds of other shit. Um, yeah, I felt like I like ha- was digging through the fucking every single little bit that that game was offering me. Um, and like I was loving every single moment of it. They came up and they said, uh, time's up. Uh, and I was shocked because it didn't feel like uh, I'd spent any time at all playing. Like, the time fucking flew. And, yeah, like, there were frame rate issues for me. I didn't have any crashes, thank God. But, uh, yeah, there were frame rate issues for me. But, I, yeah, I only noticed them because they were the, the sole moments where I actually wasn't just enthralled with the fucking game. I wasn't completely captured by it. Which, uh, yeah, so it, it is. It's a shame that we'd have to talk about that shit, but we do. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm I had amped. fun. Um, but, like, like we, like we talked about, I think that um, this is all stuff we have seen before, um, other than the Mimic stuff. I think that's, that's something I haven't seen before, but the rest of it does feel very familiar. It feels like they're going for, a like, a... It's this mysterious type of game where you don't really know what's going on like we've had that sort of stuff before with Bioshock System Shock um, you know a lot of games do that these days uh, and it it borrows a lot of the game plan mechanics of inventory management and um, leveling up and choosing abilities and uh, hacking key cards security turrets just you know the stuff we've seen a lot of, and um, I'm hoping that it doesn't play it too safe, and it's just not another one of it's like trying to go for one of those games. I think it hope hopefully it does a few things that are different. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's just um, having played 40 minutes, I can't definitively say that it's um, yeah, it's going to be this amazing, unique experience. I just don't know yet. It's kind of hard to tell. Absolutely, but I... I'm still pumped com- to play more. <laughs> I am confident that Arcane can deliver yeah. on the promise that I got from that demo, which was yeah. a system shock. I, I think it's a great cold opening. I think it does a really good job of it. Oh, yeah. yeah it wanted definitely. me, like, I, I wanted to know more about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, uh, three toilet rolls you can fit into a toilet. I have confirmed this. Nice. Yeah. And then flush it. Cool. <laughs> Good thinking. Way to work it out. Yeah. Uh, cause, um, yeah, we recorded our footage as well, which I don't think I'm going to put up anywhere. It's just too much to, to go through. Um, but I went through and, and 
had a look at some of the stuff that's in there and um yeah it was kind of interesting watching some of the things that do happen that demo and stuff that you notice later on uh was kind of cool yeah it was fun yep anyway i don't want to go into too much story detail because that's the fun of that part some of those parts you can watch it i'm gonna put my video up on uh on youtube but uh, i'll yeah be pretty clear about spoilers uh you can watch it if you want to check it out in action on my youtube i go pretty spoilerific into my uh preview for the first maybe five minutes oh yeah uh and then sorry five ten minutes and then um there's a there's something that happens in the game and i don't talk about it any more from that part onwards yeah i I think fucking the first five minutes is free game so too bad yeah (laughs) yeah it's actually quite a lengthy preview i usually go to like a thousand words um yeah this one's gone past that so there's a lot anyway uh that's all we've been playing right that's it cool should we do some news let's do it or do you want to skip news this week why would we do that i don't know something new change things up no don't be ridiculous it's gonna be hard enough next week when i have to do it all on my own yeah uh e3 is opening up to the um to the public in a large scale factor uh yeah they're putting fifteen thousand tickets on sale and the price ranges for the initial sale will be uh, 150 us and then once they've been all allocated out it'll rise up to as much as 250 dollars so they tried something like this last year where they did e3 live yeah um, which was like a separate uh events at like a fucking car park or something that they had a bunch of people out there showing off some things that the public can kind of go to you've always been i think you've always been able to go to e3 um as public but the tickets were like ridiculous 500 600 bucks to get in um but this is like higher than that yeah it was it was something stupid yeah sorry i i'm like american dollars i'm talking it something crazy uh, which I don't know why we'd want to do that unless you were super loaded. Um, but yeah, this is like a free for all. They're opening it up and uh, making E3 even more crowded than what it is. Mm. Um, and I've got mixed thoughts on this, having been a couple times before as to how it'll work. But what, what's your initial impressions of what they're trying to do here? <laughs> I think it's funny that we were talking last week about the. Uh the gut reaction people have towards community uh, inhabiting the space of uh, the media elite because yeah. uh, that certainly was on display when this was announced last week. Uh, yeah, I uh, just thought it was a funny coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were fucking outraged. or not outraged, just like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Not for me. Personally, uh <clears throat> I probably won't be going to E3 again this year, uh, and I don't think E3 is of like is worth it for freelancers anyway. Uh, oh, sorry, but, uh, for, for the public, I don't think it's worth it for the public going. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it for the public either. I mean, they won't get access to EA. I think Activision's pulled out. Like basically everyone, all the big ones have pulled out. 
And I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's worth the money anymore. And that's why they're doing this is because they. I think they've got more space. I don't think it will be ultra crowded because I think they've got a lot more space now that everyone, like a lot of the big ones have pulled out. And I mean, EA is doing its own thing. Hmm. Yeah, lots, lots of... Lots of places are doing their own thing, and yeah, I just yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's value. I don't think the value is there. I think if if they're doing E three the way I know E three to be, um, yeah. which is the way they put it on every year, uh, I don't see much point going um, for the public anyway. If, if they are changing up the way that is presented, then okay, maybe that's different. But the majority of the stuff that you do see at E3 um, is, which people, I don't think people realize, uh, most of it is not hands-on presentation, hands-on gameplay demos yep. of games. And if it is, it's usually, it was usually stuff like uh, 64 player Battlefield or... Um, you know, stuff kind of out the back somewhere that less popular games. Um, most yeah. of AAA stuff is booked appointments that involves uh, a developer standing up and talking about the game for 15, 20 minutes and showing you a presentation. Um, it's not like I can probably count the amount of games that I've played at E3 on one hand <laughs> for the number of years that I've been. Um, because most of that time you're not actually playing the game. You're sitting there interviewing or watching people talk about games. Um, if you want to go and play games that are out before the public, you go to like a PAX or a Gamescom and Gamescom is the bigger one. Yep. Um, this is, is, is in part, it's like a trade show, right? It's, you've got salespeople there, marketing people there, media, buyers, like that sort of thing. Uh, and they're going to, to get the, you know, see see what they can do with some of this product. Um, and I think it, if it's going to be presented the way it has been the last couple of years, there's going to be a lot of angry people there. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of angry people because they're going to have to be waiting in lines for hours. Well, we've seen that we in the past where people line up four or five hours to see whatever, AAA, whatever, um, and they get in there and it's a 20-minute presentation. Not, I don't think they realize they're not actually playing anything. A lot of the time, yeah, they aren't. A lot yeah. of the time. Um, there are instances where we do uh, play stuff, but... Oh, absolutely, yeah. But um, 80% of it is not playing stuff. It's run from it's running from one presentation to another. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what how they do it this year and if they've known about this for a while and they've given the heads up to people that hey this is going to be more hands-on stuff but like is it going to turn into more of a PAX type thing um yeah it's kind of hard to tell what they what they're really going for and whether Mm. or not E3 is kind of relevant um with giving with publishers taking media out of the equation and making it more about going directly to the people yeah yep Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it should be. It's, it's strange. I guess we'll see how this goes, and then what happens next year, whether or not it's working for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's going to be interesting. Hmm. All right. Uh, NBA has partnered up with Two K for an esports league. 
I don't know how much information we can talk about this one because um, they haven't really. Maybe you've heard more nope. <laughs> since they've announced. So, it. <laughs> I, I I was going to say I like. Yeah, we left this one in there, but I genuinely haven't gotten my head around how the fuck it works. So yeah, if you think you know how it works, fucking go for it. But at this point, I think they prematurely announced it. Yeah, it seems like it. Eh? So it sounds like what they're going to do is uh, an NBA 2K league where the all the NBA teams have their own esports team yep. and then they'll com- be competing with each other. Um, what we don't know, and we, we've we've asked 2K this, uh, is who will be managing those teams? Mm. Um, will it be actually like the corporations, the NBA teams managing them, or will there be somebody at, at 2K that's managing these all these teams? Or like, how does it? How are they picking who's playing for what teams? And um, yeah, it, it kind of just seems like they've announced it. And there's not a whole lot of information out there at the moment in terms of how it works exactly. So yep. it's it's it could be a really cool idea of um, you know having having NBA teams be in charge of individual esports teams for a particular game. Like we've seen recently, the 76ers um, pick up their own esports or two esports team and kind of merge them, and they're going to have their head office. Uh, running a an esports organization, but will that be on the same level as this stuff, or is this completely like is this just a two K marketing thing? It's kind of hard to tell right now what uh, what's going on with it. Um, but if it is like a NBA is like running an esports organization, that could be huge. It could be complete game changer uh, for the way esports operates. So yeah, but at the moment we're just taking stabs right in the dark because nobody knows yeah yeah it's weird all right um next story we've got is valve is removing steam Greenlight and they're going to replace it with steam direct this is yeah. something uh, i read today sure um so steam Greenlight kind of work where the developer would submit their game game to Greenlight. And the general public would vote on whether or not they want to see this game on Steam. And if it got past a certain amount of threshold, then it would get greenlit. And at some stage, once the game's released, you'd be able to purchase it. Uh, They're getting rid of that system. And now just, it seems like they're putting it in with a free-for-all type stuff where um, they don't even really know how it's going to work at the moment, whether or not it'll be uh, like an application-based, you pay a certain amount of money to have your game published on Steam um, that seems what to kind of what they're leaning for, but they don't know how much money. They're kind of asking the user base for feedback on how this is going to work. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. I, how how this will fit into what I want to see on my Steam? Like, is it going to turn into the uh, like a mobile marketplace where there's just shit everywhere? Um, right. It depends on the you know the cost i guess yeah because when it was low when it was 100 bucks you'd see shit all the time but uh if it's up at five grand that's a significant amount you can't just rely on one you know on on the occasional accidental purchase 
to get you back over five grand. So, yeah. like, five grand is the number I've been hearing pushed around. So, yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Greenlight was that bad. I think Greenlight got a bad rap because, like, people like Jim Quisition, uh, Jim Sterling, like, would go out of his way to find the shittiest Greenlight games and then he'd make videos about them and highlights that. And people took that as a measure of all Greenlight. But mm. I think that's a mistake. That's, a, that's like... Uh, it's, a, like, just fucking problematic way to look at things it's it's just measuring all green light by the worst of it and that's kind of shitty i'm not just to be clear i'm not blaming sterling for the death of green light i'm just saying uh i think it's a, a like the perception of green light has been come as a result yeah. of his doing it he does it for entertainment purposes he's not trying to make a statement about green light being shit he's just saying yeah uh, this is terrible and it's on green lights. How fucking awful is that? Yeah, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then getting sued. <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think people have made a mistake and I, I don't know. I, I thought green light was actually a pretty good solution and it allowed some really interesting games to make it onto, uh, steam. And I don't know if, yeah, like that doesn't fix this. Right. Because what the indie developer has $5,000 relying around <laughs> Exactly. Like, it's going to turn... I don't know. I think it's going to push a lot of games away from Steam, and they're going to have to find somewhere else. And I think that's going to be an interesting void that might wind up having to be filled. Hmm. That's if they continue to go with this uh, yeah. decision. True. True. But, yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Is that it? That's... No, one more, one more, one more. The Humble Freedom Bundle is available, $30. I saw this, Should yeah. still be available. It's got some fucking cracking games in it. You pay 30 bucks. A witness? You, yeah. Uh, uh, Stardew Valley. Yep. Uh, I think that's that farming game. Yeah, that's pretty that good. I've always wanted to play. Pretty Subnautica good. is a game that I fucking love. Um, Nuclear Throne, Octodad. Uh V V V V V V A. I love that game. Uh, and yeah, is the totally worth there, it. or was I thinking? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's good. Just don't pay attention to the story. Quotation There's a marks. bunch of like comics and books as well. And uh, yeah, thirty bucks. Totally worth it, in my opinion. Um, just thought I'd point that out. Cool. That's what I got. And uh, yeah, we got a question. We have a question uh, on our Discord. Um, as always, you can jump on Discord and ask us a question if you would like. What's uh, that address, Joe? No, I was going to ask you that question. Don't ask me that question. <laughs> the gapodcast.com slash Discord. It's, it's in there. It's written there. Can you not see it? I'm going to have to fucking remember it. You like, don't have to. It's written there. Where? It's, it's, in our, it's in our show notes. Ah, okay. Good. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do all this on my own next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can ask us a question. You can always email us, uh, the GA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, ask us a question there or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the GA podcast, I yep. fucking hope. Yep. Or Twitter, twitter.com slash the GA podcast. Ask us questions anywhere you like. You don't have to fucking do it in one place. You don't even have to ask us questions. Anyway. Uh, Send Joe Boletta. What's your address, Joe? 
What? <laughs> I said they can send you a letter. No, I don't send me a letter. <laughs> What's your address? No fucking physical shit. Uh, Miracle. Uh, Miracle was writing in his own thoughts on uh, who he thought uh, must have operators in Rainbow Six were because uh, he said that he was going to answer and we said he very much could answer any questions he liked, but we were still going to answer them. Uh, Miracle's, pitches, uh, Miracle's pitches for must-have operators are Thatcher, Montaigne, and uh, Twitch or Ash. Montaigne is just an odd choice. I mean, I know he's well OP at the moment because he can fucking basically be invincible during, uh, depending on certain situations. Oh, did you uh, see the game last night? Uh, when you threw the, when you blew him up, that was fucking, it was very good. No, no, where we got fucking ruined. No. Oh, we were playing air, air, airplane. Okay. Uh, they planted at the front of the, the, uh, the plane in the cockpit. Yep. And, uh, Mon- Montaigne just stood there at the fucking door with his. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. And, uh, so Squirrel grabbed his C4 and went to go throttling. Uh, he ran in front of Montaigne for some reason. Classic. Yep, of course. And uh, so he got TK'd. Um, and then Squirrel got shot by the uh, pistol, I guess. Yep. Because yep. he couldn't do anything. He's just standing there. Yeah. The door. You can't do anything. Um, yeah. And so I, uh, I just stood in front of Montaigne. Uh, st- stood in front of him, turned around, and just started like head bopping for about ten seconds. Nice, yeah, yeah. He's well, he, yeah, he is. He can actually. He, the other thing he can do is back it off into a corner. If it's a double, if like double, both walls are the yeah, both walls are reinforced, and and he backs into the corner. You actually can't do anything to him. I think uh, they need to change that. Yes, they do. Uh, but yeah, they need to bring back the like you knife him and it staggers them. I agree. Uh, or at the very least, because he only he'll if you throw a uh, C four at him, yeah, he'll take uh, twenty five damage. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Fifty damage minimum, so that two C fours can fucking kill him. So two people can fucking coordinate and kill a fucking Montaigne, because otherwise he's just redonks. Uh, but yeah, I still don't think that makes him a must have character. I just think that's a uh, hilarious suggestion. Uh, Miracle's more of a glass or a fuse player. Those are two very different options, I guess. Yeah, I, I play a lot of fuse. I like fuse. Me too. Uh, for de- defense, Rook, Smoke, and Jaeger. Uh, yeah, Rook, I think we said that, uh, must have. Smoke is, uh, yeah, really good. And uh, I, I've never really played him all that much, but I think it's just me not giving the respect. And I think that we, we've always had a couple of really good Smoke players, so not really something. I think... Um- I think what would be interesting change on Smoke would be to have his gas canister work the same way as mirrors um, so that anybody can trigger it. That would be good. Because once Smoke dies, you're fucked, right? Like, his gadget is useless. Um, Yeah, true. But if you could shoot it, yeah, Yeah. I think that would give him a bit of buff. Yeah, that's true. I agree. That would be interesting. Um, Anyway. Uh, the question, Dangers writes, Hi, guys. No Jack and Dax, the question this week. Oh. What? Um, he, he, he writes. I know. He's the... Okay. Um, with the release of the remastered Crash Bandicoot games coming this year, do you think uh, that if all goes well, we'll see more remakes of the likes of Spyro ETC? Uh, good question. Um, 
I think we could. I think Activision. I think Activision would be crazy to not remake or remaster Spyro, especially. I think uh, the Skylander series has earned Spyro a little bit of uh, goodwill. So, uh, or like even brand recognition amongst the youngsters. So, I think it'd be a really good way to bring back a uh, series that might have a bit more legs than you know Crash. Uh, those games, uh, actually, they were kids' games, but uh, I remember my little sister playing them in the few, some of the few times that we allowed her to play the PlayStation. And, uh, yeah, she fucking loved them. And then, like, gradually, we'd all become enraptured with the game. <laughs> the game. Yeah. And uh, suddenly she wasn't allowed to play it anymore. <laughs> And we were playing Spyro instead. Uh, and she was just allowed to watch. Uh, classic. Yeah. That's what she gets for, you know, being born last. Suck it up. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it's a good idea. Good question, Dangers. Uh, that's it. Was that that's it? All, all we got? Yeah. Nice. We can wrap it up then. We can. Okay, cool. We can go play For Honor. No. No, okay, let's not. Um, all right, you can uh, find the podcast, this one here that we're doing right now, if you're listening to it at, uh, I don't know, someone's car. And you're like, holy shit, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, we know. We know. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, under The Gap, or the GA Podcast. You can also review and rate us on those sites, which is pretty handy. Helps other people find the show. Um, you can email us at the GA podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. You can also sign up to our Discord page, um, which is the gapodcast.com slash Discord. And uh, we've got a few lobbies in there. We've got the main lobby where people talk just random bullshit all the time. Totally. Uh, we've got a welcome page where we post a bunch of the episodes and content that's going up. And then the questions page where you can leave us questions. Like yeah. Local. Um, so and that's cool. bangers. If you jump into the lobby right now, Baz was on uh, talking about how he believes that uh, my my touting of my new wireless headset mm. is uh, off base. I think it just goes to show just how like little I've, like, I literally went from a pair of free headphones I got once to a pair of other free headphones I got once. Uh, and it, the only difference is that they're worth, like the new pair are far more expensive. I can never go back now, but yeah, I've never really looked into audio like solutions very much. But uh, he's talking about how he believes a uh, like independent headphones, headphones independent from the mic, not using a gaming headset. He reckons that's the best way to go about it. Uh, I uh, I can actually do that because I use a Yeti for most shit. Yeah. Uh, like I use my Yeti mic that I'm podcasting on to talk in most games anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I could probably get away with some really good headphones if I ever bothered to actually do such a thing. But uh, I've never really paid that much attention to sound. Although I might have to now. Like the difference, if the difference between a really good pair of he's, he's saying the Sennheiser 598 if the difference between the Sennheiser 598 and these Logitech G533s or whatever the fuck they are uh, if the difference is that like the same as the difference between the Logitech's and the other pair I had the uh, Rig 500s then yeah I'd be crazy not to because uh, my fucking my rainbow game is already 
so much, so much better. Anyway, uh, just that's a discussion that's been going on. Yeah, um, you can join in if you like, and join us for games. We've been playing with Braced, and uh, when I'm paying attention to my UPlay notifications, even though they changed UPlay, uh, and I no longer, I'm like even worse at noticing UPlay notifications now. Uh, yeah, when I'm paying attention, I we get other people playing as well, which yeah. is good. Yeah. I think I talked about this last week. We played uh, when we did Fallen, we had a bunch of people try and jump in. Sure. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, what else were we talking about? Fuck, I don't remember. Um, no. Discord. Yes. Yep. Uh, you can also uh, go to our website, which is thegapodcast.com, and uh, all the links to all that stuff we just talked about are on there as well. So that's cool. Um, and uh, Patreon as well, if you want to help support the show. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast. We've got uh, a bunch of tiers on there. One of them is early access. So the people that are subscribed to that one will get this show uh, Thursday morning. It'll be going up because we've got an embargo to adhere to, which is Prey. So that's Thanks. cool. So thanks to everybody that's helping support the show on Patreon. Um, and I think that's uh, facebook.com slash GA podcast. I don't know if I said that, but you said it earlier. We'll say it a second time. Um, nice. nice that's it and we're on twitter as well uh, twitter.com slash ga podcast I'm at twitter.com slash luke laurie and you are at slash joby jojo right I am yep change your name nope no nope. oh, I changed my changed my name yeah I did actually what is it it's jobo that's like boring. neo you see oh okay it's got a h on the end right hmm like neo yeah okay Fair enough. That's I couldn't work out how to make it pray. <laughs> Prayo. Prayo? No. <laughs> Jobe. I guess. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Pray Roy. <laughs> pray Roy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is good. Um, you can also find my preview of Prey up on um, Survivor.com. Yep. By the time this goes up. Mine will be on Ozgamers. Complete with video. Should be good. Cool awesome. stuff. Yeah. Anything else to mention? I think that's it. Uh, next week, I'll be talking about Sniper Elite 4, which I'll have played a lot more of. Probably more Neo, because I'll probably played a lot more of that. Uh, maybe some Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, we're going to, to that tomorrow, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, I'll be talking about that and I don't know. We'll see what else I can get up to. But, uh, yeah, I'll be doing it alone. So make sure you send in your questions uh, because otherwise it's going to be a fucking hour and a half long because that's the best I can do when I'm talking on my own. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll need questions to, to prompt me. Yeah. Bye. All right, that's it. Sweet. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you. Well, I, I won't see you. Job, Job will, will talk to you next week by himself. Totally. Yeah. All right. Have fun. All right. Bye. Bye.